welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about exploring the elemental plane of poison to fight a Dracolich or a live studio audience. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we'll be finally talking about this card-based roguelike game that Brandon's been hinting at for a few episodes. We have, on occasion now... I think talked about this kind of uh, this idea you have had for a roguelike style game. Yes. We've kind of just thrown that, that concept out a few times now. (laughs) Um, And I think that it is time that we sort of like maybe investigate that a little further. Yeah. Without any explanation, just kind of like Brandon's working on a roguelike PBTA game. Yeah. And then shrugged. And that was it. We just kind of moved on. Yeah. Well, it was because you and I, when we were driving out to Metatopia, had a lengthy conversation yes. about what that would look like. Yeah. And I think coming back, because we both played Escapement, which is a card-based PBTA game, yes. that I think both of us recognized some of the ideas we had just talked about. <laughs> um, and so that's that. Yeah. So what do you mean... Let's talk about a couple things. Okay. So we, I think we, we've, we've, we've sort of hinted that it is some sort of a dungeon-crawling roguelike. Yes. Uh, I think we have hinted now a couple times that it's a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Yes, of course. And, it's me. and that it is something card-based. Yes. So why don't we start... I was figuring... Why don't we start at the top? Okay, and great. And for people who are not very familiar with the genre, can you talk about what you mean when you say roguelike? Yeah, absolutely. Um... So roguelike is actually kind of a bit of a controversial term. Um, and people have already started telling me that what I'm looking for is roguelite with a T. But like, I'm going to mm-hmm. be real honest. I'm from Connecticut and I don't say enough consonants in the middle of my words for that to make any yeah. difference. This, this, Those it, are functionally the same word. They're roguelikes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always been. Um, but there's this old video game called Rogue and it led to a bunch of other video games and essentially what it boils down to is having randomized dungeons that you're exploring and hoping you don't die, and then you do die. And yeah. it's a style of game that you are meant to lose over and over and over again, and you don't necessarily gain progress, although in my game there's some there's some like carryover of some different things, which is part of the reason people want the T instead of the K. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is honestly just my preferred roguelike style games are more like that. There's also people yeah. that will tell you that like it has to be top down view. It has to be X, Y, or Z. Uh, and yeah, I'm, we should clarify this is a a style of video game. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that is maybe an important one. Um, so yeah, there will be people who are purists who are going to criticize you by saying that this is not a video game you are making. So yeah, come at me. Whatever. Um. Yeah. For me, the, the 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 sort of core tenets of a roguelike game yeah. are that it is generally takes the form of like people wandering through a dungeon, usually, yep. which fits really well with the D and D style Definitely. of game. Um, it is like you said, you're quick to die, or not quick to die, but it is it is easy to die. Yeah. Um. In in a way that like when you are playing. And, and, and sorry, I should clarify, it is easy to die and that death is permanent Yes, in a way that like when you die, it is easy to die when you fight a dragon in Skyrim, but you are just going to reload that character. Um, yeah. When you die in a rogue, like typically your character disappears. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the and the third part of that is that it is easy to make a character. Yes. Because the idea is you make a character quickly, you get into the game, you play the game, and then you die. Yeah. And the thing that sort of progresses is you, the player. Yeah. Learning how to play better, or sometimes like yeah, in a game like Rogue Legacy, <laughs> where you're sort of like progressing a family tree or changing things in the dungeon over time. Yeah. And so that's really what I'm trying to hit more than like the straight up complete roguelike. Like, I, I would like yeah. some form of progression. I think some form of progression is fun. And so I want it to be something that changes a little bit because another style of game that I've become really enamored with lately is the legacy style of game. Uh, I've been playing very slowly <laughs> Pandemic Legacy. We're still playing this. I think I started talking about this game like the beginning of 2018 and we'd already been playing it for a little while. If yeah, if not earlier, yeah. Yeah. Um but just having the style of game that like every time you play it it's different because of the times that came before it. And that's something that really yeah. interests me because I think playing I mean like you know we have the OSR funnels and stuff like that that are games where you play a quick, easy-to-make character, and then they die in all likelihood. And there's a certain fun in that, but I like being able to then go, okay, but what if we now do a little bit better? Yeah, like there's a... there in, 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 There's a... I've, I've always heard stories for as long as I played Dungeons & Dragons yeah. uh, about adventures where the characters like eventually hit level 20 and instead of playing into like advanced high levels or whatever, they turned their characters over to the GM and said like, we all go off and become paragons of the city or whatever in masks lingo. (laughs) Um, And, and then the GM brought those characters back as rulers or whatever master wizards or master mages uh, for their next adventurers to run into. And that's really cool because it, it makes it feel like your characters have made a lasting effect on the world. Yeah. And so that whole process is just sped up tenfold when your characters are expected to die before the end of every adventure. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe multiple times. What I wanted to make sure that I had for this game is a setup that characters would die quickly. Ideally, that it would be party-based, because I prefer my dungeon crawling to be party-based for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that despite quick and probably randomized setup, you have an ability to advance. And that was kind of like one of the funky bits that got me to cards and got me to the legacy style mechanics. Because if you're using like a character sheet and you're just like, okay, now I make my new character, but I get plus one strength or whatever, like then you've got you've got like just like an increasingly large pile of dead playbooks. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't also translate well to like, we're going to play with a new group today, but they still get to keep some of the cool, weird things that have happened in our dungeon. Yeah. Which like, you know, that is definitely one of those things that's mileage may vary. Like for me sitting down and playing someone else's legacy game, I'd be like, Oh cool. This city is constantly in tumult that's a really interesting thing to me whereas other people would be like uh i don't know why atlanta is all messed up can someone explain this to me this game is bad so you know (laughs) mileage may vary on that but i'm excited about it the flip side is and this may be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves as i sort of reveal more things about this game but if that if you are playing a game where you have a card that is the sword that is the piece of equipment you have. And you have, through the course of play, leveled that sword up. Mm-hmm. And then 
if you do something where when you die, you like label that as Brandon's sword. Yeah. Well, now if I play the game, like you're like maybe you play a couple times with your legacy group, and then I play that same box. I may run into that and I may not know who your character was, but it's still a weird artifact that yeah. wasn't generated by a game designer. Yeah. And I think that that plays a little bit better than sort of like, because it's card based, uh, it, it becomes a weird artifact in a way that I think like effects on a city or just like a, a more like a, a nebulous uh, NPC showing up that somebody else knows and the GM knows that they know it. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. Thought, but yeah. yeah, it's a different thing, right? And so I'm, I'm really into those ideas, right? And so just working out how to make that into a role-playing game instead mm-hmm. of a board game was an interesting initial uh, difficulty to work out. <laughs> Especially because I would lose all of my PBTA cred if I made a game that wasn't PBTA. <laughs> uh, like, you know, can't, can't be doing that. That would be too dangerous. Which is how I ended up in this madness that is this developing game. I heard that. Uh, I, I hear that uh, the the hot thing these days, though, is uh, uh, PBTA game designers who are making half PBTA, half Fate games. Oh, is that so, what you're uh, hearing? Yeah, yeah. See, you missed as big and like. Yeah, in 2016, <laughs> Blades in the Dark is where all of the hotness is. All right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> James, are you going to try to talk to me about PBTA trends? Because I've got some thoughts yeah. on PBTA trends. Yeah. Multiple character sheets. We've talked about multiple character sheets. Yeah, we have. It's big right now. The thing that I think is big, or the thing, the big thing, this is like getting to my James's uh, PBTA hot takes. Yeah. Advancement is uh, uh, useless. Useless. Nonsense. Uh, wrong. R- not, oh, sorry. Not nonsense. Not useless. Wrong. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so sometime we'll have to come back with my uh, some of my hot takes. People are doing advancement in PBTA wrong. They're trying to advance the characters. They should be trying to advance the stories. It's... It's a thing. It's a, you you look all lit up about this. <laughs> look, I have I, I came up with some really good ideas, and I think that it was the thing I was telling you for for Passione, yeah, yeah. that uh, that you should be the way that you should do advancement. I, Characters don't advance in PBTA games; the stories advance, and so that's what advancement should do. I have straight stolen a couple of those ideas, by the way. It's good. Yeah. I like it. Um, so we'll have to come back and do a more thorough advancement episode again. Yeah, I want to hit advancement, but I don't want advancement to be your character got better i want the gear to get better so that like if you take an axe and your axe gets super rad and then as you're exploring the dungeon you find that axe then that's a really cool thing right yeah and also like i think and i think this is where like this is me cheating a little bit because i know a little bit about where this game is (laughs) but like if you are a character who is, starts off as a basic level like fighter yeah. and you've got like kind of a crappy sword, you're going to be kind of a crappy sword fighter. Yeah. Until you find a cool like halberd. Yeah. Because you've like dis- you've like delved into this dungeon and now you found like this cool flaming halberd that someone else spent time leveling up before you. And it's this like crazy artifact and has someone's name attached to it or whatever. Now you're not a sword fighter, you're a halberd fighter. That's yeah. a different kind of play style. And you should change. And so things like maybe your basic move to attack should change because now you're like to reflect the fact that you've changed your attack style. Absolutely. Like the difference between using a bow and using your fists and using a hammer should feel different 
if you're playing a game that has equipment as a big piece of it. Um, yeah. And part of that is like tag management and like narrative management. But I, I want to do, I want to have a thing that pushes that, that wild feeling of like, this is a cool artifact I found. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. once you've advanced a bit, maybe this is a cool artifact I start with because yeah, you've or maybe it X amount. Or maybe this is a cool artifact that I'm, that's cool because I made it that way. Yeah. That like when I started, this was just a sword, but now because I slew the lich with it, now it's a lich hungering, slewing sword. Ooh. I don't know. That's really, that is actually something I hadn't thought of. The idea of like, <laughs> oh, what's wrong with me? Like achievement based advancements. Achievement yeah, based something. advancements are kind of cool as well. But even just knowing that, like the the effect, like when if your character dies, like the thing is, it's not just that you roll a new character and start again, but you know that you've left something different than when you when you started. Absolutely, your dungeon is a little bit different. Yeah. Should we talk kind of like mechanics or story first? What do you think makes the most sense? I think we should talk about mechanics because we okay. sort of danced around like the core ideas of how this is going to mechanically yeah. work. And so I think we should cover some of the the rough concepts, sure. Um, and then and then talk about the kind of stories you're interested in telling, and then how we're gonna like you'll evolve those advanced those sort of basic concepts to to fit the story. So the basic idea is that there are some moves that are just your basic moves, right? They're like the, your flattest flattest moves. Um, I think at this point I have five of them, although mm-hmm. I'm I'm open to moving them around. This game is very focused on dungeon delving, right? Like it isn't, it isn't like a game that you are then going to a tavern. You are in a dungeon start to finish, start, start to death. Um, and then those are on a character sheet, kind of like a character sheet that basically has slots for cards, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's like the like the classic um if people are familiar with that that like I I'm, I'm imagining at least the classic um RPG style where there's like a an outline of a body and you can see like the helmet icon of the helmet equipment you have over your head and like the chest piece over your chest where it's almost like that. Yeah, yeah. I, That's what I've been imagining. That might that might be the way that it goes down. Um I'm not 100% sure how to lay out anything yet because I'm bad at layout. But the core idea is that there are slots to put cards on top of. So, like, maybe next to your your fists or whatever, you're next to your hand, there is the engage a threat with your bare fists move. Yeah. And that is in a, in a box that is the same size as a card. Uh, it has some basic rules. Basically, like, when things are bad and you're using your fists, what does it look like? Um, yeah, because a fighter or whoever who enters the dungeon with no weapons or few weapons is going to be at that sort of bare minimum type character. Exactly. And like it might even be that the first time you start the game, everyone starts with bare fists and no equipment. Like, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I don't hate that. And then like at you're just encouraged near the beginning to uh, to unlock, make this a piece of starting equipment on some items. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the future, or if you do start it with stuff, basically you've got your basic moves as those slots, and then according to the rules that you've currently unlocked, you deal out items for different people. 
So maybe you've unlocked an advancement on your character sheet or on the dungeon sheet or something like that that says start with a weapon. That means from the starting weapons that are available to you, from the weapons that you've unlocked as starting weapons, you just get dealt one of those. So initially that might end up being like, oh, you have a you have a dagger, you have a mace. But maybe down the line it becomes something like bigger and badder and cooler, right? Mm-hmm. And then each of those cards also has advancements on it. Mm-hmm. Uh so that maybe your dagger starts out just a plain kind of boring dagger, but you unlock into something that allows you to that allows it to be balanced in a way that you can throw it like really effectively mm-hmm. or it unlocks like that it has poison automatically on it and so through your dungeon exploration you'll be taking little advances on your equipment and those advances will persist but yeah so and so then my guess is Essentially that the majority of the game would be playing on cards. And so you probably have, there's probably monster cards there. Um, one thing I'm considering stealing from escapement is having like boss monster cards. Um, I, this is like a arena dungeon, like those things that were really popular in like the late nineties in RPGs where it was like, your, your warriors going in and that people are going to be watching it on TV. Uh, death race but dungeons uh or like the more modern dungeon dome but you're going up against like the threats of the dungeon right so i'm also considering throwing in some uh some announcers to like really hit that feel (laughs) i've got some i think i've got some fun ideas for them uh and like you know so and if you do well and you do the things that the announcers want you to do maybe they give you an advantage if they're the announcer for that day and uh, all the, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I would like the idea of um, we've talked about keys in the past. That's exactly where I'm going with that. And I, and I really like the idea that like, like you have a, you have a, uh, uh, with a dagger. Yeah. Um, it just is like a basic dagger. It's a starting weapon. You might start off with it. Oh. Um, but then that dagger has a specific, like, this would be a lot of work because yeah. you have to, like, almost have a specific key for each, like, item. But, like, maybe that is in secret the 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 goblin killing dagger. And so, like, every time you kill a goblin, you mark off, like, a potential or you mark off an advancement yeah. track. And when you do that enough times, you get an advancement that makes it a plus one dagger or it glows when there are goblins around or it bursts into flames or something narrative or cool. Yeah. Um, and then it suddenly you realize this thing that you just thought was a mundane object, has be- which is, has become a uh, a magical weapon of some sort, which is the thing I was talking about with, like, leaving things, like, creating artifacts that you then leave behind. Yeah, that's really cool. Like... Even if I think because one of the things that I, I am struggling with is just the amount of cards this is going to be. Yeah. But like, even if you take a dagger and like, and it has right on it, what the key is and has right mm-hmm. on it, what the advancements are. Yeah. Man, keys on equipment. That might be a good way to do <laughs> it. 
Yeah, and and you can do things like I think that you can you can cheat a little bit, and you and if you wanted to say like here's the bow that has arrows that that like that um that like I said like the the, the bow with arrows that hunt uh, goblins, yeah. So they shoot better when they hunt when they're shooting at a goblin. But then here is a one that that shoots better when you hunt uh, ogres, and it's exactly the same yeah. card mechanically, <laughs> but just has the word uh, ogre instead of goblin. And you yeah. can make like four of those, and then you have some that are like highly specialized and specific. That's um, that's and a it could cool just be like idea. a quick. Um, and so what I what I sort of have been imagining is if you if you take a look at like the the directly engage a threat move from masks yeah that what you've got there is like a a thing that says here's the trigger like when you directly engage a threat roll plus danger yeah um and then on a hit and then basically like depending on how well you roll it's choose one of these options and then that card has a bunch of standard options and then a bunch of options that you have to unlock yes Yes, exactly and then, that. And at the very bottom, it just says, every time you like quench this dagger in the heart of a goblin, advance. Yeah. And then when you fill your track, you mark off, and then another another option becomes available. So maybe when you start out, that the dagger can only help you resist and avoid their blows, take something from them, or create an opportunity. But once you've leveled up once, then you can use it to impress, surprise, or frighten someone. Yes, exactly. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm going for. Um, Amusingly... You actually described something in the card dagger that I currently have. I, nice. I do want to rewrite the cards to be more focused, like you were talking about, because mm-hmm. I think that is going to be one of the things that's I've, really fun. I have, since we began recording this podcast, become deeply in love with the idea that there should be room on the card so that you can write brandon's goblin yes. slaying dagger or the name oh, of your character on it absolutely you so could that, you should be naming these weapons i don't know how you do that on a printed card maybe you have to like put some tape down over it or something i don't know there's part of me that thinks that there's got to be cards that can like i i've never done any of the drive through rpg cards yeah but i feel like there's got to be absolutely. a way to write on them <laughs> I have some somewhere. Especially if you don't care about ruining the card, right? Because like, yeah, cause that's yeah. part of it is like people keep on saying like, um, what about using like dry erase marker? Yeah, and like that's that's fine, that's possible. But like when you shuffle that, it's gonna get all all mixed up. Yeah, and like it's not gonna Plus, stay on. Some of the fun of this will be like that. Like once it becomes like it starts off as dagger, yeah. And then like once it becomes like once it reveals once once a hero reveals some of its magical traits. Well, now it's Brandon's magical dagger, and then Brandon dies. And so when I find it in a chest later, then I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like cross off your name. This isn't Brandon's dagger. This is James's (laughs) dagger. Yeah. (laughs) And so and then you see as a as a um. As a player, even if you were not one of the two of us, yeah, you could see that it is. Um, it's been fought over or well worn, and yeah. well, many used many times. There's history behind it, which is part of what makes yeah. it really cool. And like when you when you play on somebody else's game, and you're like, "Wait, hold up! Your cutlass has an automatic poison enchantment," <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, that's just." That's what the cutlass does in this one. Then that's like a really cool moment, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I wonder if you could almost do things like those. Um, oh, I want like, okay. So, so if we have established that cards are going to be written on, yeah, it would be cool 
to say, okay, so you have your basic move of directly engage a threat, yeah, and you have a bunch of different advancements, and one of those advancements that you can select that's a different option for when you attack is like the the dagger's blade bursts into. And then there's just like a line. Yes. And so you could fill in flame or light mm-hmm. or song or oh, whatever. Song. Cool. Yes. A dagger. A goblin slaying dagger that bursts in the song. <laughs> Every time there's a goblin around, it starts singing. Oh, it bursts into applause. <laughs> and that's where like, like when if, if I play the game versus if you play the game or like yeah. if we play on my home on my home game set versus your home game mm-hmm. set well someone chose to write song on mine but someone yeah. chose to write blood on yours yeah and that's rad what i'm loving about this idea that may make it like in some ways unmarketable and in some ways just ridiculously niche and in some ways maybe super cool is there's nothing that could that would stop you from going like, hey, here's another 25 cards. Uh, do you want to go on aquatic adventures? Here's yeah. 25 cards that are all aquatic themed. And then... And you would, almost, you would almost need them to do that. Yeah. Because at least the way that I have sort of envisioned it is that like, what, like what, if you were drawing cards at the beginning of the game to give your character a piece of equipment, yeah. then you want them to get things like dagger and a bow and arrow. Yeah. You don't want them necessarily to get the like hyper-powered magical weapon. You want them to find that. At least, and so, at least not initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's something to be said for like, once you've gained four advancements, three advancements, five advancements, whatever it is, mm-hmm. having the option of like, Add this to the starting weapon pile. Yeah, I'm. I'm slowly. Hang on, I'm working on an idea for this. Okay. But yes, I like the. But yeah, you want to say like once that that once that weapon is like lost in the dungeon. Yeah. Then like the 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 sprites or fairies or whatever it is that are like keeping the kobolds that are keeping up this dungeon for for um for adventures to come in for the while the like for the next round or yeah. the next like thing they're moving them all around inside the dungeon but they're mm-hmm. not uh bringing them out front for you yeah um but I wonder yeah so I kind of like if if I think that if if we're talking about a game that is just set in a dungeon yeah it doesn't make sense for players to like bring in anything other than just their fists if they are a new hero yeah but if we were talking about a game where this is sort of like Smash TV style, like it's a game show mm-hmm. or something that people are watching in some way, well, then it would make sense to like evolve the dungeon a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I really like the idea that you have a second set of cards that sort of in some way um, procedurally generate the 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 map. Yes. Um, and that would be very easy for you to like almost lay out the map on a table with the cards where you have like doors and stuff yeah. um, on the cards themselves. And I think that'd be pretty easy to do. I think so too. Um, and it would be then pretty easy to have things like the entrance way storeroom, which when you start doesn't have anything on it, but when you level up or do something in the dungeon, maybe you can mark off like that. The gob that the kobolds bring three magical weapons or three weapons lost yeah. in the dungeon up to the front for whoever enters next. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then you'd have to like choose between you who gets the three weapons and deal them out randomly. Yeah. And like, like that's part of the, where the fun of it is, I think is having a game that like, you're just going like, all right, we're jumping in and doing this thing and like going for it. Right. And like, yeah, one of the things that I think will advance players in some way is 
just getting more access to equipment from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But another thing is that, like, once you've advanced, like, let's say you're, we're talking about the dagger, right? Once you've advanced a dagger into, like, a vampiric blood dagger that takes the power yeah. of things, then you're no longer finding a bad, boring dagger. Yeah. You're finding that dagger. Yeah, when you start, like, when you, like, the first time you play this game out of the box, yeah. all the weapons that you find in the world are, like, dagger or sword or mm-hmm. halberd or axe or whatever. But then as you play longer, it ages and more things get lost in the dungeon. Exactly, yeah. I really like this a lot. I want to play this game. A I want to play this game too. Like I'm struggling because I want to play this game like ASAP. And I know that I need to do more work on it before it's at yeah. all feasible. I love what you were saying about using some blanks. Yes. And like, I think definitely a big thing that I wasn't doing at first that I think I should be doing is theming the weapons ahead of time in some mm-hmm. way. Yeah, it puts more lo- like it puts more pressure on the game designer. Yeah, you or maybe me sometimes <laughs> um, up front yeah. to make a bunch of variety in the cards and like think about them. But I think you can ease that by having the the blanks. Yeah, but it also means that you can like heavy theme them. Which, if we're talking about this being a pen and, uh, like a Power by the Apocalypse game, well then you that's should always be better building a genre into these cards. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so just kind of part of what it is, is going like what gets improved. Right. Um, and like, I think it would be really cool if sometimes you can start the dungeon and maybe not right away, but eventually start the dungeon and be like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a little mini wizard. I have a wizard thing I can do. That's rad. Um, and I'm still kind of working on exactly how that works, but like, just having things that kind of expand the game as you play it is where I think the fun is. Cause you could have like, my intention is that the game runs an hour and a half, two hours tops. Yeah. And like, you're dead at the end of that. And, and I think that, that that is cool that if the game is balanced in a way, like I think balancing combat will be interesting. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But I love, I love the idea that like, um, that if you have been playing this a bunch, maybe you have leveled up like you as a player a little bit. Yeah. And so things can like, I think, so here's what I think. I think that in terms of like starting weapons and stuff and starting equipment, that should be like a, the, like the, the starting base levels up in that, that like it's has more storage facilities that people bring weapons to Mm -hmm. and that you then, okay, you go, okay, what are we going to get? And you open the chest and there's like a sword and a shield and a, and a a helmet. Mm -hmm. And then between the, them, however many adventurers there are, you go, okay, well, who's going to get which thing? Yeah. And that way you're not always starting with this. You're not always starting with the same equipment. You're not always starting without equipment. Um, and you do get to sort of like immediately become a wizard or because you, there's a staff or yeah. a fighter or whatever. But I love the idea that just like one of the rules is like the new guy always goes in just with fists. <laughs> like, because that, that way, even if you are playing an adventure, because like what I would not want to have happen is like you and I play a whole bunch of this game. Yeah. And so we have it leveled up the dungeon a lot. Yeah. And so when, now when we start, um, we all get a piece of armor and a sword, but then we like invite our friend Rob to play yeah. and he has never played the game before. And so he also starts with a sword and shield. Like I want him to start with just like his fists like we did. As long as the game is balanced in a way that like 
because we have some equipment, we can protect him a little longer. Yeah. Then I think that's still helpful. I think also there's some fun with having the, um, having the announcers essentially be things that change the way the rules work. Mm -hmm. So like maybe there's an announcer that you don't get to start with equipment because they think that that's boring. Interesting. Or like there's an announcer that you start off poisoned because that's fun. You know, you've, you've got like a drow announcer that went ahead and poisoned you at the beginning (laughs) and is like, yeah, this is going to be extra fun. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I'm not sure I'm totally sold on the announcers quite yet. Oh, I love I the announcers. I, I think I'll get there. See, I in, really like in the, my mind, the announcers were essentially like keys. Mm-hmm. But now thinking of keys as the items, I'm not 100% sure on it either. I, I do kind of love the idea. Like, I think that having the announcers is like having announcers in worldwide wrestling really works because there's players sitting out. Yeah. But I think there could be something to be done with announcers just in terms of like playing up how ridiculous the idea is. I I think that there, I think, so I just don't know how you start the announcers, but I really like the idea of announcers as a way of dealing with like, it's a rogue, like people are going to die fast. Yeah. But because like, because equipment is kind of doled out randomly, we're not all necessarily going to die at the same time. And so I love the idea that like, maybe there is one announcer who's like functioning like the GM a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then, and who is maybe oh. sitting out this round, but then as soon as like I die, the, that one GM who has just been monologuing goes, well, let's bring in a, an, like, Oh, someone just died of, like of a, of a stab wound. Let's bring in our stab wound expert, uh, oh, from the lab. And like, and like, and then you'll come up with a character or whatever, and then yeah. commentate as an expert on something that just happened. That's delightful. Also, because one thing I definitely need to figure out is how to keep people in the game. When they die, because mm-hmm. anytime, you, because I mean, like part of the part of that is just if one character dies, it should be significantly harder for everybody else. Yeah. And so hopefully they'll all die soon, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But like, you know, but you I can love- have things where people have die right at the beginning. They drank the wrong potion thing went morally yeah. for them. But I think it's I think that that is even more hilarious if it's like there's one GM who is the one announcer who's commentating the thing and then someone dies to like they just rolled poorly. Yeah. And they're like, all right, well, we're bringing in our like a uh, guest guest host from uh, whatever a different dungeon. Yeah. And now there's two of you bantering and talking shit about the players. Yeah. And then as things start to spiral out of control, <laughs> you're suddenly bringing in more and more guests. Mm hmm. Um, ideally, now all taunting the last person, which, who which is, would also be great if they've got some kind of little power to mess with the dungeon. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've yeah got- and also that one, and when you're down to like, if you're playing like a four or five player game, and you've got four commentators all talking <laughs> smack about the one person who's left, that person is not making optimal decisions anymore because they've no. got four people taunting them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And even if the characters don't hear it, the player does. Yeah. Which I think is great. Yeah. And also, you don't want to talk too much smack, because maybe they're going to be the announcer next time, yep. and you'll be back in the dungeon. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, part of it definitely is playing... It's playing in a little bit of that OSR space that's, like, a little bit uh, GM versus players, uh, because it's okay if they do. Um, because, like, you know, if the players have a really short round... 
hey, if it's keys based, they may have hit a key anyway. Yeah. And they, they got a little bit closer. Maybe maybe they got or a little may, bit of gold or something like that. I also I also really like that it does do, it would allow you to do things like, okay, so this is the like I, I would I, okay, so let me let me pull this thought together. You would want to in a perfect world. Yeah. In a perfect world. In a perfect world. The advancements or some advancements would be hidden behind like a scratch off thing. Yeah. So you couldn't see what they were. Yeah. But assuming, but, but ignoring that, ignoring the fact that the players know what some of these advancements are, it would be cool if you like, you draw. So you, you, you maybe you get one weapon at the beginning of the game. Yeah. And so I draw this dagger that levels up every time we kill a goblin. Yeah. Well, now maybe we all agree we're just going to rush through this dungeon, find as many goblins as possible and like take them out and take them out. And we're, and we know this is not going to be a long game. We know that we're not going to survive long because we're going to open a door full of uh, into a room full of ogres and go, Nope, Nope. close the door and keep (laughs) going. And those ogres are going to probably chase us. And we're going to end up with like, all of these monsters chasing us, but we're just trying to like run this dungeon to stab as many goblins as possible because that levels up our dagger. Yeah. And that we won't get them. And like, we're just like, because that's the thing that like, I don't know. I think it's interesting. And I love that that now. I love that. There's, there's so many like stupid little ideas in this that I love so much. Like, yeah, the, the fact that drive and like drive, my guess is that this is something that I'll try to put together through drive through RPG. Mm-hmm. Just because producing this will probably be a bit of a pain. But like what I love about it is I see some of these people that do like the little printout miniatures or like the order, like print on demand miniature things. Mm-hmm. And like, those are so cool. But like, what if those actually made your game more? Yeah. Right. Like, and like, there's as far as I know, in terms of drive through, there's not like a limit to how like few you could do. Yeah. So you can print a lot of cards. Like, yeah. Like how few or how many you can make. So like you could do like, Hey, uh, this is a little mini expansion. It doesn't add much. It adds more instruments. And if someone looks at it and goes more instruments, that sounds dumb and doesn't get it. That's fine. They don't need to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. But if they're a very expansionable game. Yeah, which which is something that like I love in like D&D style stuff and it's just not in the indie space. Right. Like there are there are some expansions to Dungeon World. There's some expansions to uh, to masks um, and like, you know, a couple little things like that. But like not a thing where it's like the D&D style. Hey, this is the book of halberds named Stephen. Yeah. And here's 10 halberds named Stephen. So it definitely it definitely falls into the category of stupid games. Of stupid but uh, no, but I mean like so that <laughs> that kind of a thing I think you could easily fall into that Munchkin realm yes. where like there are just a dozen expansions. But mm-hmm. I think that the thing that this does that Munchkin doesn't is that Munchkin is so absurd. Yeah. Absolutely. That that 
ev- when everything is absurd, nothing feels absurd anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's so much clash yeah. between the different sets that as long as you really held yourself back to like, I'm going to release this like this instrument set because it's like yeah. we're going to add like so you know you can functionally play a bard better or differently. Yeah. Um. But keep yourself to that fantasy setting. I think that that will also make it better. And also, the core gameplay that we have just described is much better than Munchkin's core gameplay. Yeah. Hey, listeners, don't tell anyone. Munchkin's a bad game. Yeah. I hate Munchkin. Um, It's a waste your time generator. Yeah. And, like, part of the thing also is that the attacks, well, not the attacks, the cards need to be different from each other, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it would be easy for things to be samey. And I think that kind of focusing where their magic is going to basically go is a nice way to avoid that sameness. Mm-hmm. Um, but like part of the problem with Munchkin is you can get four different sets that the theming is completely different and they're all compatible because all the cards are the same. Yeah. Cause you've got yeah. your, your attack goes up by one in four different flavors. For me also, the thing that like Munchkin doesn't do, first of all, it drags on for too long, which yeah. is not roguelike at all. No. But also like there's no reason for anyone in Munchkin to work together. Yeah. Ever. Like ever. you are objectively like like all you will do is help someone else win. You may win slower mm-hmm. if you don't help them, but all you will do is help someone else win if yeah. you help them. And so and- there's just constant backstabbing and there's no incentive to help them. And for this, I think that the goal should be to win and that like there should be some kind of a benefit to winning. And like, and even in my, in my, when I get this game in front of people, I'm going to grab a notebook and put in like the high scores. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Like, yeah, this is a high score game and the only way you're going to get that high score is by working together. Yep. And maybe you get the, the, the sword that wants you to kill your friend and that's the only way that it can level up. Yeah. But like mostly you're still trying to get that high score. Exactly. Because if you get the high score, you get bonuses that help you in some way. Or you get to put your name on that list. <coughs> uh, Let's take a, a moment while the <coughs> the police are coming after you. Always. And I, and I slowly die. <laughs> go team go. Hmm. But yeah, I think that this is, I think it is, I think that like in order to be that roguelike, you've got to have characters that are fundamentally working together. Yeah. Um, They are flimsy and they're as strong as their equipment. Yeah. And that means that you get to roll together, you get to roll characters quickly by just Mm -hmm. like, I deal them nothing or I deal them a couple equipment, a couple equipment slots or whatever. Um, by having a variety of equipment, you can do things like the only thing. So yeah, I, I think that I think that a core should be that you don't necessarily get dealt equipment specifically, but that like when you raid a room and and like and kill all the 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 enemies that were in it, yeah, you get to unlock the chest and like draw four pieces of loot, and then you have to decide between you who's getting what. Yeah, and so yeah. that way, like you can if you want to be like the if you decide you want to play a bard this run, yeah, but but the other guy kept getting dealt all the bardic weapons and instruments. Mm-hmm. That's no fun yeah. because now someone else is doing the thing you want to do. Yeah. You want to at least have the chance to like bicker with them over who's getting that equipment. Mark. 
I think the exception to that is that a lot of the old roguelikes have like little temples that you can pray at. Yeah. That have a possibility of giving you something really good or something really bad. Yeah. And I think that is something that it could be fun to like, oh, hey, you rolled a a 10 plus. You get a boon and you draw a boon and you put it on. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Cool. That's what that is. Yeah. The the one little bit of like, not PVP, but but competitiveness with your with your allies will be that every once in a while you should do that thing where you open the door and it's the room with the the fairy in it who's going to heal you or give yeah. you a boon or give you one weapon, um, and they're giving it to you and maybe you choose to hand it off to someone else later. Yeah. But again, you're only as strong as your equipment. Mm-hmm. So, and like. I also think it's okay, like, it's okay to play up in this, the, like, arena aspects of it, right? Like, I think it would be super fun to play a barbarian that, like, that is so confident that they are the coolest around. Mm -hmm. And so they, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. I think it would be fun to play, like, a barbarian who's so confident they're the coolest around. And so, like, someone goes after something they want, and you just go, like, all right, I kill them. Yeah. And just, I like, play also the, the consequences. Benefit. That's the benefit of this being, at its core, a PBTA, in, at least influenced game. Yeah. Because, like, the difference between, between equipping a, like, a, a plus one dagger and a mm-hmm. plus one, like, space sword in Munchkin is functionally nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um. But the difference between those things in this game, because they have different moves and triggers, at least, mm-hmm. is different. And so, like, if one of those core, like, I don't know what you what you ended up with your basic moves, but if one of those basic moves is like a an interpersonal move, and whatever you wear on your chest piece determines the interpersonal move, because that's the equipment that's closest to your heart. Yeah. Well, then, like, if you've got your barbarian. Uh, armor well then now you've like you've got rage close to your heart like you're wearing the paladin's armor then you've got the pal maybe you can heal or something like that pippin you need to chill (laughs) you are okay yeah i think there's definitely something every time he whines the mic doesn't pick him up well yeah and so tries there's that obnoxious thing where it raises the volume um so yeah I, i think I think that there's definitely something to work out in terms of, like, character background. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think that that kind of barbarian thing might speak to that. Or some kind mm-hmm. of, like, even if it's, like, the necklace of the barbarian. Yeah. That, like, you gain Which rage ability. I think that you can kind of do that by giving them, whether it's the chest piece or the head piece or something like that. Like, all your different equipments should, like like you said, lay over the basic, a basic move. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, like, I do want to do this as a D&D style game. Like, yeah. this isn't a fantasy thing that I'm making my own fantasy races or that I'm, like... Yeah. Or saying, like, oh, this is all humans. Like, this is a D&D. This is a D&D game. Yeah. D&D genre. Yeah. Uh, D&D genre, but also with probably, like cameras and special effects <laughs> yeah maybe yeah maybe maybe magically based ones um yeah. yeah there's a lot you can explain away with fairies exactly there there are fairies and scrying yep the scrying yeah, yeah, lens no. zooms in 
<laughs> I love this. We need to make this game. And anytime you need we me do. to help you come up with ideas for weapons, you just let me know because I, I may not be able to work out the intricacies of a PBTA move, but I can come up with theme well, like anybody's business. Well, that's one of the really cool things about working on this is that like, so like Passion is so self-contained, right? Like when Passion comes out, I don't see that there's necessarily any need or use for like an expansion to Passion mm-hmm. beyond what we do in the Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Like the Kickstarter, I'm sure we'll have some, some stretch goals and things like that that we'll add to the game and everything <laughs> like Um, the Kickstarter will have things that add to the game, certainly, but like no one is going to go and say like, Hey, I'm going to go buy uh Pasión de los Pasiones Unbound that lets you go through space in Pasión de los Pasiones. Yeah. Like, you can figure that out on your own. But like if you can do a thing that's like, hey, this is uh this is for people that are interested in more elfy stuff. Let's throw some more elf stuff in there. Because why not? Mm-hmm. Then they can. And if they're playing with friends, like there's no reason that you couldn't have your own like if you and I both had a copy of the game. And we'd run with separate groups. And then we were going to a convention and we were going to sit down and play. There's no reason I couldn't pull my treasure from my deck and your treasure from your deck. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a little weird, maybe. But, like, there's there's a way to set up the rules for that, no question. (laughs) Yeah. (coughs) Definitely. Yeah. And, like, you know. Yeah. And even, like, for me to do, be able to do, like, dumb things where I'm, like, uh, hey, special edition card. I'm gonna bring it places. Here. <laughs> I love the idea that this ends up being like, you have a sheet of paper in front of you that has a little like outline of a person on it. And yeah. You put cards down over top of it. And then maybe you have a couple other cards that are like the things you're not using. Um, or, uh, oh, you should definitely have a rule. Never mind. <laughs> Screw that. No, well, you should definitely have a rule that unless you're carrying it, you have to leave it behind. Mm. Um, and so that's why you have to hand things off to other people. Yeah, um, yeah. And so then like you have this thing in front of you and then maybe you're building out like like the way that like oh, I love all those cool old um, the cool dungeon maps where someone yes. has drawn it out by hand. Yeah. You sort of like if all of the cards could look like that a little bit so that as you move through the dungeon, you build out this like grid map, like not to actually play on, but just to, like as a way to visualize the map that you've been on. It'll look very cool. Yeah. And I'm very excited for that. I'm so excited for this game, too. Like it's. There's all of these little things that are making me go like, oh, that's so rad. Like uh, Jeff Stormer came up with the idea that uh, you could, instead of like marking an advancement for things that you're not writing in, but you're just like checking off, like, hey, how cool would it be to just pierce the card? Ugh. Right? Yeah. So that then, like, you've, a little... you've got like that, like, like that damaged look in your card deck as you're going through and like you can see, oh, this one has a bunch of advantages. That might be kind of cool. I don't know. I'm torn on that. Uh, <laughs> torn yeah. on that. Yeah. Oh, man. That gets some interesting stuff, but yeah. uh, I think it's interesting. So here's here's what I want to ask you, James. Okay. What is the stupid expansion to this roguelike game that you're most excited Ooh. to make? Oh man, that's a hard question. But I think the trope that I like the most yeah. uh, in that kind of a fantasy setting yeah. are things like um where I think magical items where people find things that look to the player like modern weapons. Okay. 
Yeah. But are actually like, it's not a bazooka. It's a fire. It's a tube that has <laughs> a fire demon in it who yeah. spits fire when you pull the trigger. Nice. Or like, it's a, it's not, a, it's like a, it's a TV, but it's actually three sprites that paint really fast. Yeah. Um, the, and so that, that like kind of the stuff, ti- the time rift, the time rift expansion or something like that. Yeah. The, 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 um, there's a, there's a, um, like a, a face mask that to the player looks like a gas mask and functionally mm-hmm. protects you from poison, yeah. but is actually like a fish that you have to like suction to your face. Uh, <laughs> because it's a, it's a, actually a, a, like a demon thing or something. Love I don't it. know. Yes. That's the thing of what I'm interested in. I, I love underdark stuff. So, and like, fully understanding that there's an enormous amount of like horrifically problematic things in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I love the underdark and I want to make like a neon (laughs) shiny, bright underdark, like, like fantasy, fantasy cyberpunk underdark is what I want to add as an expansion. I want, you need to have, if you do that, you absolutely need to have a room where you enter and it's just a noodle shop. <laughs> just a, a guy who has like he maybe he used to be an adventurer, but now yeah. he's just a noodle just shop owner. Sell some noodles. Yeah. Yeah. And like the monsters should kill him. It doesn't make any sense that they don't, but like they like the noodles too. So oh, he's yeah. allowed to like set up shop and definitely the little description in that includes that there's monsters sitting there at the table yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> yeah. And you can fight them to get their loot, but like he's gonna kick you out of his noodle shop. You're not gonna get any noodles if you do that. No. Oh, that's uh, all right. But yeah. So that's, that's my stupid idea that I'm playing with. It's I'm, this has actually helped an enormous amount. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to like, uh, you and I should make a document. That's just like mm-hmm. items that would be cool. Yeah. And then just start building up from there. Cause I think we have like some things that are the obvious thing you need. Like I think starting equipment Sort of things like you know the the low level equipment. Yeah, we should be looking at daggers. We should be looking at like a heavy stick, and then just like That's working out I, how those I, build out. I love I love that everything should look like a, a starting piece of starting equipment. Yeah. But you then discover that it is some secret magical thing because that Absolutely. just works so well with the genre of like bumbling first level adventurer doesn't realize they're wielding the staff of the <laughs> Lich King or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. I love this. Yeah. So why don't you, why don't, okay. Why don't we ask our listeners uh, to reach out to us and let you know what is the one cool piece of fantasy equipment that they would love to see in a game like this. Yeah. Um, and the best place to do that is to tweet at us probably on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, where we, where we spend most of our time. Um, and you can tweet at us together at stop, hack and roll, or I am individually at end the meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. Should we come up with a hashtag for that so we can quickly grab those afterwards? Yeah, we should. What do you want to do that? Kevin Petker suggested the name Radcrawl. Rad mm-hmm. being short for roguelike arena dungeon. Okay. Which I is like just that. like, it's it's trad and <laughs> it's like, it's so trad and it's so like garbagey. So yeah, tweeted us, hashtag Radcrawl. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'll say? Uh, anything that fits the theme i'll either put it in or come up with an expansion to put it into (laughs) you can find all of our episodes and links to some of the games we've been working on at stophackandroll.com 
You can email us if email is more of your suit at James or Brandon at stopbackandroll.com. Or if you have an email or or if you have an idea that just won't fit on a card yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah, take yeah. some time to word it out. Uh, if you like our show, uh, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use. Uh, it's a great way to help other people find the show. Uh, gives us little recommendations in places, which is awesome. Yeah. We make this podcast and all of our podcasts with the help of our Patreon backers. Uh, we would like to welcome the, our new backer for this month, Chris Campbell, as well as thank all of our old, some of our old favorites like Ankusome, Corwin J. Leary, the It You Trash Crew, Tanta Month, uh, Richard Kritzlandry, Jeff Stormer, DeFool Dude, and Mitch Moore. Uh, if you'd like to support us uh, financially, then uh, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash stophackandroll. How close are we to that live episode? We are at like 135 of 150. Oh so my gosh, close. We're, we're right there. Uh, so I don't think one person's probably going to put us over, but no. a couple people certainly could, uh, which is an exciting thing. I'm looking forward yeah. to doing that. And then you will all get to see what a hot mess the recording of this podcast is. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that causes <laughs> me some anxiety. At least I'll hopefully have my room cleaned before then. Mm. I bought uh, a screen to put behind me so no one can see. Oh, you, you're horrible. I don't. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll have my nice camera, though, and my, uh, and my makeup light. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But if you can't support us financially, that's also totally fine. Um, we like tweeting us random weapon ideas uh, or joining yes. into our game design chat on our Discord is like really is just as much gives us life as, as giving us actual money. Um, mm-hmm. So we recommend that you come do that. Yeah, you can join our Discord at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stopackandroll.com. As you are pulling out the magical staff of podcasting and preparing yourself to move on to the next room, you'll hear the voices of the goblin uh, announcers cackling all around you. Don't forget to stop, hack, and roll! Roll!